This is Ken Lubin, and welcome to the Ultimate Hire podcast. What is the Ultimate Hire? The Ultimate Hire is the professional that every business, team, or leader needs in their organization. This is the high-performance individual that always rises to the top, brings the team to the next level, and can significantly add to the bottom line. The Ultimate Hire is the person that you can't afford to be without. Finding, attracting, hiring, and retaining these professionals is critical to the success of your business. We have identified these traits and can help you find these top professionals. A little bit about me. I'm a managing director and longest tenured employee with ZRG Partners. I'm the creator of the Ultimate Hire blog, founder of Executive Athletes, a U.S. Olympic Committee career advisor, and endurance athlete as well as following my true passion of being a husband, father, and son. I love to get people out of their comfort zone while helping them achieve their dreams and companies achieve their goals by helping them realize the importance of living a high-performance life. This podcast will feature hiring strategies, interview tips, conversations with key business leaders, as well as other search professionals. This is designed to give individuals and organizations tools and tactics to have a competitive advantage for career growth, business growth, and insights to the most important resource, the people. If anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to me at klubin at ZRG Partners, and I hope you enjoy the show. This episode's guest is Kathy Sutherland. Kathy's a managing director in the consumer goods and human capital practice groups at ZRG Partners. The primary functions she has recruited for include sales, marketing, human resources, merchandising, communications, and general management roles. Kathy has led searches from director to SVP to Fortune 500, midsize, and fast growth consumer companies. Kathy is an active member of the network of executive women, an organization of 13,000 plus professionals in the consumer and retail industries and serves on the New York Metro Chapter Steering Committee. She has also served on the, the uh, Northeast, our network of executive women's regional planning committees as well. So Kathy, welcome to the show. Good morning. It's great to be here, Ken. So Kathy, tell us a little bit about you. I think, you know, you joined ZRG Partners back in 2014. Tell us a little bit about your practice and love to hear who Kathy is from Kathy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so delighted to be here this morning and um, also to be part of ZRG. As you said, I'm not, I'm not, uh, no, no one gets your gold standard of being the longest employee, no. but yeah, I've been. I don't know if that's good or bad, or if I'm just uh, I'm too. Uh, I, I like endurance, I guess. Yes, you do. You do. I think you're loyal. You're loyal. <laughs> well, it's good to be here, and it it's so much has changed, and it's been so exciting to be part of ZRG and watching the unbelievable transformation and our growth over the past, let's see, five years. Um, I, I'm not sure how many search consultants we had when we joined, but I think it was around thirty. And now I think it's around 75 uh, around the globe. Um, so it's just a pleasure to, to collaborate with people like you and, and all the other managing directors and partners. Um, I, think we, I think we really do offer something unique and it's been great to bring the ZRG platform and tools to my clients, whether I have, I've had them for a long time or even new clients um, you know, that I brought to ZRG in the past couple of years. Um, 
you know, some of my clients are the big, you know, Fortune 1000 companies. I'm lucky enough to do. I've done a lot of work with SC Johnson over the years, but also a lot of wonderful, um, you know, 100 million, 200 million, 500 million dollar a year um, consumer companies, both in fast moving consumer goods as well as consumer durables. So that's a little bit more about me. Interesting. Awesome. So, you know, as you know, this crisis that we're in or pandemic or whatever you want to call it, right, is really impacted everyone from all different angles. But the consumer goods market, how is it doing? I'm sure there's a high end, you know, there's a part that's going crazy and then the other side right. doesn't even exist. Tell us a little bit about the market and what you're seeing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess it... it I haven't, um, well, let me back up, I, you know, overall, of course, on the retail side, the grocery chains, they're all going crazy, right? So if, if you look at that, whether it's e-commerce like Amazon or, or Walmart or Target or all the supermarket chains, they, you know, there's lines out the door, right? You have, you're in line now out the door. So therefore the demand for the, cons, you know, the consumer goods that are on the shelves are strong. I think, um, but of course too, everyone's watching their money a lot closer. So um, in, in the world of consumer goods, that means trade. So, you know, buy one, get one free, um, that, that kind of thing. Although it's interesting, I haven't really watched on Amazon on certain products, of course, their prices go higher, right? So they, they go higher when there was no toilet paper on the shelves or things like that. But, you know, in general, I think it's okay. I think that there's a, um, there's demand on the supply chain, um, you know, piece of it, getting, getting products to the stores, um, having them available uh, when they need them. So there's just, there's a demand, but in a different way, if that makes sense. A hundred percent, right? It's, and like you're saying, the toilet paper thing, it's really just supply and demand, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's the less you, the less you have, the more you can charge. But like you were saying, the supply chain seems to, that'll change the supply chain world, right? In the executive search yeah. business, that's probably the best business to go in is supply chain, because that's going to become a whole new world of, how things are happening and how they're not happening right now via Amazon or UPS or from manufacturing, you know, the whole 3PL side of things too. Yes. I would say supply chain is right up there with the outstanding sales executives and outstanding general management executives that lead teams. It's always, you know, people that are leading supply chain and have an understanding of how do you get something to market for the least amount of money and for the highest amount of efficiency. That's just like a, it's like a top skill, right? right. Yeah, no, right. that's the best. So what do you see, you know, you're talking to lots of people, all of us mm -hmm. are talking to actually probably more people than usual because we, we have some more time, but more people are willing to talk as well. Mm -hmm. What, what are you hearing? What are you seeing post COVID-19? What, you know, what are the rumors that you're hearing or not hearing? Yeah, I guess, you know, it's, it's different at this time. I'm, I mean, when I say this time, I'm comparing this a little bit to 2008. Um, what I would say is, um, and I'm, I uh, do not have a crystal ball anywhere handy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all wish we had I one. Did and, and, uh, but I think, I think that there's, like like any other time something like this happens right it's a it you know everyone kind of stops in their heels 
and you, you take a closer look at everything. Uh, I do believe that um, there is going to be pent up demand, a little bit about what you referenced earlier. Um, but the question, I think, I think there's just uncertainty around it. I, as it relates to our work, I do believe that a lot of companies are going to look at that for, you know, the first level of talent, that second level of talent, who are the people that can take the SVP jobs in the future and really make sure, do I have the people that I'm going to need to reach, to reach our goals? And I think with personally, I just think it's going to mean more utility players, people that can easily pivot. They bring a more broad base of skill set, right? They're not only a marketer, for example, but maybe they've done other jobs before that. They've been in, they've been in sales or they've been in planning. So they, they bring a broad base of business skills and they also bring um, the great, a great attitude and a great mindset. Like, okay, I've been working over here, but you know, here's where the company needs me. Here's where I need to refine my skills. So I think it's not only the technical skills, but the, the attitude of how, how can I contribute? Right. And that's one thing. I love what you said about the utility player because utility players can go cross-functional. And mm -hmm. I think not that gone in the world of specialization is anywhere is gone by any means. It's probably mm -hmm. obviously going to be even more important now, but I think we've lost the world of the utility player, someone who can see strategically, right? We all need, we all know that there's leaders, but leaders still need to hire leaders to run business units. What are you seeing with that? Right. I think probably step two, step three, step four down from the CEO level. Yeah, let me answer it a couple of different ways. I mean, it's interesting. I, I have a, I don't want to embarrass her, so I won't use her name, but it's a CHRO at a company, a major company uh, in the U.S. And she, she was a client um, at, at, the, at another company we, we've done some searches for. But the CEO uh, just came to her and said, you know what, I want you to lead um, like strategy for, for our company of the future. So the you know, she has demonstrated to that CEO enough of the mindset, enough of the critical thinking skills to be like, okay, this is, this is where we need to take the team. So it's, it's her demonstrating, and, and no matter what level you're at, demonstrating that intellectual curiosity and how you can, you can see the different functions and how they all marry up, whether it's finance or HR, sales, marketing, you know, how they, they make everything run. Um, and and so that's that's great for her, right? So she's a CHRO. Oh, but definitely. You know, I I always like to think of like the best people, especially reporting to a CEO. You want to be thinking like, if everyone else went down in an airplane, could I run the company, right? Or or more positively, if they won the lotto, right? But you know, you have to be thinking of yourself that way. And I think that that translates down. So, you know, the the people that that. I guess I worry about, and maybe this is a good way, way to segue to that. You know, if you're if you're at a director level, maybe you're, you know, 15 years out of school. Depends upon the size of the company, right? But I think you really need to be looking at your position, um, and maybe it is very um, it's highly specialized, right? So whether it's finance. Um, maybe it's brand management, um, maybe, maybe it's another role, but the, the mindset that is going to help you continue to stay and excel, I think is, 
you know, what does my company need right now? How can I contribute? Where is there something I'm missing? Where can I learn? You know, I've, I've, uh, I learned this line a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, fear is at the root of all intolerance, right? So those people that don't want to change, the people that stay at a company and they're like, I want things to be the way they were, <laughs> you know, that's just, it's not a good mindset in, in this time. No, that's sort of the death of your career, right? Is really what it is. It's if you're not changing, you're not innovating, you're not thinking outside the box. It's yeah, it's game over. And lots of organizations, even though they say they don't want to change, they secretly mm -hmm. sort of want to change, right? But people are afraid to really take that initiative. And if you're the person who's going to push it a little bit, be the person that pushes a little bit because not that squeaky right. wheel gets grease, but you get noticed, right? And either good thing or bad thing, and if the, your company doesn't want you, take those skills that you had somewhere else as well. And I think a lot of people fear of that, especially in today's world, but you almost have to think outside the box. You have to be a little bit different because if you're not, you're just gonna be one of the first to be, go to be gone as well. Totally, totally. And I think to your point, you know, I think you said earlier that, that all, all companies are gonna use this time to, to um, I don't know, peel back the layers, if you will. And that doesn't necessarily mean letting everyone go, but really taking a closer look um, at all levels of talent. And I think, you know, the, the fact of the matter is when, when things are humming along, it, you don't really want to take a closer look at like that B minus player, right? Or the C plus player. They're, they're okay. They're doing okay. People like them. Um, but are, are they doing what they can to be better? Are they demonstrating an attitude that's willing to help in other areas of the company? If not, it really is a good time for those companies to say, you know, there, there's, it's not so much that they want to get rid of them, but that they're holding a place for somebody that does have that attitude. And, and those people, in my opinion, deserve that chance. No, it's sort of the Jack Welch model, right? It's promote the A players, grow the B players into A players, and sort of get rid of the C players. And 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 it's scary to to really think about, but that's in reality, you you get hired for one of two reasons: you either make the company money or you save the company money. And and that's what it all comes down to. And if you can't really justify what you're doing in either one of those, you got to start being prepared or looking for new skills that are going to give you that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. G game on. Like, and, and, um, I, I, you know, I have a, I, I don't know if it's personal or I, I don't know if it's related to something that happened to me earlier, but I, I don't seem to have a lot of capacity for people that complain or want what I call it wah-wah behavior. You know, they, they talk about their boss or what's going on in the company. It's one thing to bring it up once, maybe something has happened, but if you're living in that mindset and not thinking about like, what, what do I have to change about myself in order to change this, either leave the company or go pursue something better, or, you know, say, this is a pretty good gig. And what, what can I do? How can I go to my boss and say, listen, I, I want to, I want to do more. What, what am I lacking? First of all, being able to receive that criticism or feedback and what can I do to improve? Cause I think that goes a long way. Even if you don't necessarily bring all the technical skills, 
um, you know, you and I know in our business, very often clients ask us to interview internal talent in addition to hiring us. And, you know, it's not uncommon for that internal person to get the job, not because they're as technically good as the person, all the other candidates, but because they know the company well, they care a lot about the company. That, that actually has a lot of appeal. No, that does. And another piece too, I'm a big fan of personal branding. And it's not just even personal branding externally, but internally as well, that a lot of people don't really understand too. It's mm -hmm. how do you brand yourself to your boss, to your leadership, or just in your own role and sort of go the rebel way and be like, hey, I'm going to be this person. I've declared myself this person. And that can be scary right. for a lot of people. But I also think that's the only way that you're going to differentiate yourself from the others. Agreed. Totally. And you, you know, it doesn't mean that you, when you, when you talk about personal brand, you know, you, you don't have to be Oprah Winfrey or, right. you know, but cause you could just be an introvert that works very, very hard and, um, and does your job very well. And that, that is also appealing. I think, um, but I do think everybody, no matter what level you have to really take a hard look at yourself and, um, how you're contributing and what you can do better. No, exactly. Exactly. So let's shift gears here a little bit. You've, um, we've all been through, you know, we've been through some different recessions, right? 9-11, 08, 09. Mm -hmm. And now what's happening with this whole COVID pe uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. What do you think, you know, how do you think about this recession versus others? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd call it a recession so much as just like, I just felt like the brakes were hit. I don't know how you feel, but... Yeah, same thing. And, yeah, and um, of course, you know, my husband and I were talking about this the other day. The difficulty when you think about the, what, what's happened in the world is the people, you know, all of the people that work at restaurants, right? They're... And the people that like necessarily are living, they're getting an hourly wage. They might be getting tips. A lot of those people have really been impacted, which is, um, you know, which is too bad, which is really too bad. And I'm not sure it's going to take a long time for those jobs to start coming back. You know, with regard to our world and a lot of, you know, most of us um, in executive search, we're dealing with corporations, whether they're you know, a lot of us work with smaller companies, but also much greater companies. And again, what I, what I believe happens a lot is even though, you know, let's say a company has, let, let me use an example, a company might have, say, 5,000 employees. You know, you, 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 you take a look, you have your HR team, um, you know, you, they're taking a look at all the talent. And it's like, what, what talent, you know, may need to be moved out? for all the reasons we've just talked about. And then what does this mean in terms of going forward? Do we have all the right people on the bus? Maybe we need more talent from other companies that, um, that are better. You know, you and I um, both love sales, right? And um, I know you have filled a lot of great sales roles as have I, and um, there's always a demand for world-class sales talent, right? You know, people that really know how to sell because you, you, when you're selling under difficult circumstances, when, when like the world that we're living in now, it's a little bit harder, right? It's more strategic. What, what kinds of uh, learnings are, you know, in, in, in the world of, um, in the world of, 
consumer that's like the people that are really the category leaders, people that are, you know, Procter & Gamble has been known for this for years, coming into Kroger or all the other grocery chains and really man they, they manage that shelf stage space basically for that that grocer. They're they're bringing them the findings, the data, all of that for that for that grocer to do better. So we all need to be looking at that. What whatever it is that we're selling, how are we helping our clients really be the best the client can be? I, don't, I felt like I rambled there. But uh, no, it's perfect that. though, right? And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's so important, right? Is to really understand that and, yes. you know, understand it of how this is different from others that a lot of people mm -hmm. don't get. And I think it's a, uh, you know, we all know that sales is the most important part of any company. Without sales, there's no company. And right. it's, and again, it sort of comes back to like we we're thinking, sort of thinking outside the box. How are you going to drive sales? How are you going to drive sales to your to your organization? And I like what you said about this recession or this slowdown is sort of just put the brakes on. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be interesting to see what comes out the other side. I think there is. It's going to be big pent up demand, right? Restaurants and and everything else and. Who knows? I, I don't have a crystal ball, but it's I think it's going to be hopefully be coming sooner than later. Right. Is really what's going to start happening. I think so. I think so. And and again, I think it just is in some ways. All companies want to have the opportunity to hit the brakes. Right. Because, you, you know, when things are humming along, you sort of think that's a luxury. And now it's like, OK, I know that we, we talked to uh, one HR leader at a company in Dallas last week just to catch up, just to catch up with him. And he was saying that um, they're having a meeting every single day, the human resources team around the globe for an hour. Everyone stops and has a meeting. And 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 by the way, this this pandemic has really put a light on the HR function. And many of those HR leaders, of course, are our clients um, and the importance of great human resources, right? Because they're making decisions every day. Who goes back to work? When? How far apart? I didn't even think about this, but like they were saying in one of the plants, can we allow people to bring their lunch? You know, who, who would have thought we were thinking about this, but it's, you know, they, they have to, they have to think strategically, but they got to get right down to the minutia. Um, but not only the HR function, but you know, but every function, finance, everything. Like I said, when when things are rolling along, you, there's a little bit more room for um, averageness, is what I'll say. Right. And um, you, you know what this does? It's it, you know I don't want to say it separates the wheat from the chaff because I don't want to be insensitive, but it, it does. It's like you you have to have your best people, and I, I think every CEO, no matter what size company, is looking at that. No, and and that's true because um, like you were saying, also too, I like what you're saying that the, the organization you talk about meets every day for an hour. The funny thing is. I think a lot of this is bringing organizations more together than they mm -hmm. did in the past because people are just out in the world doing their own thing. And now all of a sudden there's not that there's accountability to zoom or to virtual mm -hmm. meetings, but people are actually craving the meeting to see other people as well. Right. So I think 
it's, totally. there's, there's new levels of communication that are going to change things moving forward that a lot of people that we never did in the past, right? I think what's driving people apart is actually going to bring organizations closer, closer together. Closer together. I totally agree. And I hope we don't lose that because I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel like all, it, all I do is reply to emails. Right. <laughs> and you're like, I need to think. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I need to talk to somebody today. And I think that that's the good part of this, right? And, and actually, it's, I'm sure you, you've seen this all over the news, as have I, and across industries is that, you know, there seems to be an overwhelming underlying theme of gratitude, you know, people just being grateful, grateful for their health, grateful for their jobs, um, their families, people basically being healthy. And, and no matter how this pandemic is impacting their job, you know, a lot of companies have instituted pay cuts, people have taken a 20% pay cut across the board. There, there does seem to be this I don't know, as I said, this feeling of, of gratefulness and, and wanting to be of help. And, and that's a great thing too. And it's, and the crazy thing is it's sort of like a reset too. It's, and the, you know, it's sort of a forced reset, except for those that are in sort of the pharma and on the front lines. But yes. for a lot of people, it's really a, it's sort of a, Hey, let me sit back. Let me see what what's important to me, and how are we going to move forward with this as well? I think there's going to be, like we all know, there's tremendous innovation comes from downturns, and the innovation that's yes. going to come out of this is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. In fact, who was the guy? And I'm sorry that I'm forgetting his name. The guy that wrote Good to Great. Oh, Jim um, Collins. Jim Collins, and you know, I think about that book at that time, and. It, it, you know, as I recall, one of his key, um, the key learnings from that is when things are going really, really well is when you have to change. That's when you shift gears, right? The, the best companies, that's what they do. And so this pandemic or this time really forces that for companies. It's too hard to do when, in, in practical, for practical reasons, when things are humming along, you, you don't really want to say, wow, we all have to go off to a strategic planning meeting and rethink how we do business. So I think in a way, maybe, maybe companies won't admit it, but I think they're grateful to have that time to take a hard look. No, definitely. Okay. And one of the things too, when we were chatting, chatting earlier and to talk about here is mm -hmm. sort of being in career shape, right? You and I are both athletes. We love to compete, be at best physically and everything, but mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand what career shape is. Talk to us about what career shape is. Oh gosh, you, 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 you touched on something. I'm really passionate about this. Um, I, I, I think in my next life, I'm, I'm going to go around and, and, and speak about this, but because I, I guess I think of career shape, it's not dissimilar to being in the best physical shape, right? So you and I, like I said, we both, we both love sports and, and competing and being at our best physically and thinking about what that does for our mind and not only our bodies, but our mind. And I think in general, you know, when, when I think about great career shape, I mean, first of all, you got to be good at your current job. There, there's been a couple of different times where I've laughed a little bit talking about this with, with especially 
I don't want to say millennials and make a broad term, but people that they, they, they may come in and, and maybe they're even interviewing with us for a potential new opportunity. And they're thinking they're already thinking about the next job, which is a little bit good, right? You want people to be ambitious. And in general, what I offer to people is be really, really good at this job first. Like, you know, 99 and a half percent, you're focused on that first versus you know, there's some people that are always managing their careers. They're always thinking about the next thing. And sometimes their current job suffers. So I always say be really, really good at that first job. But, you know, when I think of career shape too, Ken, I just think of, um, you know, people who I think about some of my favorite hires over the years, right? People that you, they've done really, really well. I'm sure you have them too. First of all, um, they're people that are really open to learning. They're always thinking about learning their own, whether, it, by the way, it could be learning in their career, but it also could be outside learning as well. Um, they, they, they're also very, they, they, first of all, they don't complain. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> like what I said earlier, no wah-wahing. Um, you know, they don't, they, they, they're thinking if, if there's something that is not working, they're thinking about changing it. And so people that I think are in great career shape, they're, they're like, okay, if I'm not happy with something, what can I do to change it? How can I influence? How can I go to my boss and bring the solution? That's being in great career shape. Um, and then I, I think kind of to our point earlier that we talked about, those people that can pivot. I mean, you may be a specialist in finance um, or you may be a specialist in um, operations. Maybe you're working out on the plant floor, but you know, there's, there's not a company that I know that isn't willing for any one of their employees to learn another facet of the business, right? Who doesn't want that? So those people that are really always thinking about how they can learn, how they can grow, what, how else they can contribute to the company, um, I think I think that's being in great career shape. And you know, it, it it's not oh it's not easy, right? It's just, it's just like physicality, right? You 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 ha you have to be willing to have courage. Um, you might get rejected. You might go to some your boss or somebody else and say, I want to learn this. And they might say, no, um, you can't take it personally. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, you just keep powering on, you know, any, any, any book, any great author, we've read the power of positive thinking years ago, the people who are the greatest achievers. I mean, how many times do they fail? How many of they times are they rejected? You know, hundreds of times. So I think, you just have to be willing to fall down and um, and get back up again. No, and a lot of and that's it, right? It's it's people are afraid to fall down. They think they're vulnerable, and the crazy thing is that's the vulnerability that's going to get them where they are. It's admitting that you need help, or it's admitting that you're looking to to grow. That a lot of people are afraid to do because if they admit that, they feel it's a sort of sign of weakness because they don't know where it's just the opposite. It's actually a sign of strength. And that's how you really start getting moving forward. So true. So true. And I'm going to give a credit to your sex versus the female sex because <laughs> in general, men do that better. I think they do fall down better and get back up. I don't know if that's, you know, related to many years of, uh, you know, men maybe playing sports before women or whatever, but I think, <clears throat> 
getting back to the career question and you know i've invited people to be on panels i've spoken on panels um about the topic of gender parity or gen gender equality and you know in general here here's the question you know if 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 the boss comes up and says hey i need someone to do this job and if, if there was a group of both men and women and let's say it's it's a job that's you know it's a lot it's a bigger job with bigger responsibilities guys will raise their hand before before the guy is finished you know saying all the sentences women will wait and they'll think oh wait they need this skill they need this skill they need skill i don't have that one skill i i, I better wait till i get that to raise my hand and this is what, in general, one of the things that I think has held women back rather than, wait a second, I'll learn it. I'll go to people to help me. So um, it, it's something it, we just have to learn to raise our hand faster. No, definitely. It's, it's, and, and I think everyone should learn to raise their hand faster, right? It's mm -hmm. uh, no matter what, it's, it's, you look back in school, right? It's like, oh, I'll raise my hand and then I'll figure out the answer when, <laughs> when it happens. I, right. I know I'm really good at I'm really good at shooting first and aiming later, right? So it's like, hey, let's go back on, oh my God, what did I just do? What did I screw up? I already hit the send button and it's not even I'm like, how can I take that back? So yeah, but it's probably served you well too. Uh, sometimes one of your greatest strengths. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but anyways, Kathy, this is, we're a half hour in. This is awesome. What, um, you know, any closing thoughts and what's happening in today's world to really, take things to the next level. What are your thoughts there for, for individuals that are listening? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I just think, um, you know, you used a great word earlier. I think reset is, is such a great word because both physically, um, for our careers, um, for everything. It's just a good time to reset. Like you said, we have that extra time. So, you know, getting up and getting out of bed and maybe going for a walk at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning and thinking about, you know, what, what, what does the next um, few years look like? What's it going to mean for you personally? I just think it's a time to just take a, take a good hard look um, at your habits, both work-wise as well as personal-wise and, and really being at your best. And as we've already discussed, I think the when I think about the most attractive qualities, you know, when, when clients have hired people, right? In addition to the technical skills, right? You look at a resume, they've worked at other great companies, they've led, you, you know, other people think well of them if they've been a leader. But in addition to that, the skill sets that are always so attractive, right? Humility, um, people that always give credit to other people, right? They don't use I. They use were we, my team, my team did this, right? Um, they, they, um, they're well thought of by, by their clients. You know, their clients love doing work with them because they're always thinking about how, you know, solving those problems. And, and in general, they're just, um, you know, they're good people. They're, they're good people. So I think, I mean, I think in, in, we all want to be those kinds of people, but what the last few years have done is like, sometimes you don't have time to think about that, right? Is we're on automatic, we're busy. And I think it's, I think it's a good time to really think about kind of what you said earlier, what's your personal brand? What are you bringing both to your employer, to your families, to your life? 
No, perfect. Great closing thought. So Kathy, where can people find you? Where can they find out more about you? How can they reach you if they have questions and, you know, oh. want to connect? Okay. Well, great. Well, I am here at ZRG Partners, of course, C. Sutherland at ZRGpartners.com. Um, LinkedIn, I think I'm pretty easily findable on LinkedIn, as, as you and I both are. And um, that's probably a great way to connect with me. Perfect. And Kathy, thank you. This was amazing. Thanks for being part of this. And thanks for your insight on a 9 a.m. on Monday morning. So oh, we got you up you and ready for, for this one. Sure. Thank you for asking. It was a pleasure. Perfect. And if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, wants to reach out to me directly to get in touch with Kathy, feel free to email me at Lubin at CRG Partners. Make sure you subscribe to the Ultimate Hire podcast. We have some amazing guests that we've had right now and we have coming up. So hope you enjoyed it. Keep on trucking during this uh, interesting time. Stay well. Absolutely. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Okay, we're good.